0: Hey everybody, welcome to Stuff Said, a show where I, Greg Schiegel, a working cartoonist, have conversations with people in the world of comics, cartooning, and beyond. Today's show is going to be a little different, change of format. I am talking to three cartoonists at the same time, all past guests, all back for another round, of what I am calling a live show, which is to say, uh, this thing's going live to record, and hopefully there will be no edits, but we'll find out. Here's how live it is. We're recording this on May 9th, six days before this episode's going to drop. There are events in the news, and maybe we'll talk about them. Who knows? So I'm going to introduce my guests. In the order they appeared on this show, first is the first guest I ever had, Chris G. Second is the second guest I've ever had, Jacob Shabbat. And third is, if I'm not mistaken, the fourth or fifth guest, Brian Brian Smitty Smith. Chris, say Hello. Hello. Jacob, say hello. Hi, how you doing? Smitty, say hello. Hello. All right, so hello. we've got everybody's voices. Everybody's on, on lock. And and in a perfect world, we're going to recreate what it's like to hang out with the four of us, which which, it's always a good time. Am I right, fellas? It's a good time. Suc- um, eh.
1: Sometimes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, Jacob, when is it not a good time?
1: You know... Those times, oh, those oh, times—the yeah. bad the downers, times. the real down times. But those are the times that make you appreciate the good times. Sure,
2: man. Peaks and valleys. <laughs> <laughs> <That's
0: a> tr-
1: <laughs> so let's let's start with uh, with Smitty. Yes. When we
0: last spoke, you were you had decided and you were going to start a job at DC Comics and DC Editorial. That's true. Yes. And and you mm. and I worked together at Marvel Editorial. Yep. And everybody well, we else all worked can tr- at Marvel. Always. Yeah, but we were editorially editorial. editorial. Oh, okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So. So, uh, if I recall correctly, and, and the fellas can back me up on this, we were all a bit surprised at this decision. There
2: were more people who were surprised by the decision than thought it was a good idea f- for me to do.
3: Yes.
0: Now, <laughs> <laughs>
3: what's that, Chris? No, I just, I remember all of us telling him, like, why would you do this?
2: When Remember your first day at Marvel? Like, everybody on the staff, everybody on the floor was like... What are you doing kid Get out of here This is the worst place In the world So I figured I'd, I'd, I'd been through that And I still felt That there was this Like itch to scratch Like I still had something To contribute In that capacity That New 52 stuff Had just started It seemed like I was buying And reading a lot of those books I'm like yeah I knew most of those people Who were over at DC From Marvel Bob, Bobby You know Matt Idelson Everybody's there So it was weird. It was it was fun for a while, and then it just wasn't fun
3: anymore. And <laughs> I think some of those reasons you just listed as to why you would go there are some of the same reasons why we listed as why to <laughs> not go there. I just
1: couldn't picture going back to a day job after.
2: It was, you know, uh, but – I think out of all of us, like I do, try to keep that nine to five mentality. Like I do, get up, I start working in the morning. I try to wrap it up by like five o'clock anyway.
0: That's because your wife comes home. Well, yeah, but yeah. I
2: want I want to have a life with my wife outside of you know like strife. Yeah, <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> poetry. <laughs> Write it down.
0: Uh, why I'm recording it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Write it down anyway. <laughs> that's what's that's what's. Yeah, wrong I'm just taking notes for this meeting. Yeah. So the you stenographer.
0: Were, so you were at DC nine months. Nine months. Well, Enough time months. to have a DC baby.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And, and, uh... <laughs> oh. <laughs> what happened to that baby? No.
2: <laughs> it's just,
0: uh, you know... It talk it, talk it to the mics, Smitty. Oh, please. sorry, sorry. It Broke got no choice. To, it, no.
2: It just, uh... It wasn't, it wasn't all great. There were some really awesome things. Like, I, I became very good friends with a lot of people on staff there. We still talk. It's, it's, uh... Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I just came, I came to the realization that uh, I care more about myself than Grifter, I guess, you know, <laughs> or more about, well, more about how I'm treated and what happens
0: to me than I'm, than what happens to Deathstroke. So, how was it different at DC in 2012 versus Marvel from 98 to 2002? Uh, I mean, there considering, was th- considering considering was all the same people.
2: Well, no, but. There was an element of, like, everything was a little looser. You know, there was a little bit more, like, leeway. There wasn't this, like, big kind of corporate overlord, at you know. There at, were at Marvel or DC? At Marvel back then. Oh. Um, DC, I mean, now I think in both places there's a lot of, like, you know, people much higher up the food chain looking to see what's happening with the books and to make sure that, like, there's some kind of master plan, you know. I don't really remember having a master plan back at Marvel. Uh, it was more like, right like tell good stories and that was it that was the extent of like what your responsibility were without all uh you know
0: the other stuff so how was that working over there at dc how was the the uh, voices from on high like what was, was just the stru- how much can you talk about the structure there
2: no, i mean it's i think i think it suffers from a lot of side conversations happening like the editor's job is to kind of just oversee the book and make sure the book is good and it gets out on time but like There was a lot of instances in in my in my, you know, office where like creators going directly to the editor in chief or the publisher, and explaining things or talking things like talking to them and getting things cleared without the editor ever knowing about it. It just there's got to be a way to like streamline that, Um, just to avoid confusion and to avoid like you know people's feathers getting ruffled. But
0: so is is that, you know, you you read online since we're doing this live yeah live you re- you read online there's there's a lot of uh, cries of editorial interference editorial changes last minute editorial stuff right uh, you, you know you, you yourself were editorial yeah i don't
2: think that's that label does not ring entirely true for me just because the editors are the ones having to deliver the news or like you know the the mandate from the higher ups and then um it's never the editors are you know often blindsided as much as the creators are and like having to backtrack and deliver news that they don't necessarily want to deliver you know so to say it's editorial interference I think is not entirely true um just because there's a lot of stuff happening to the editors and like you know things moving around behind the scenes and then the editor's job is to then deliver that news to the freelancers so
0: so that would you say there was a key difference in your time from when you were at Marvel to to your time at DC? Is well, when I was at Marvel, I mean, like it, I was,
2: you know, twenty two years old. Well you know? besides your age, but everything is shiny. Everything is great. Like this is a job that a million people want. You're in the building, so like you don't really see all the, you know, the the wrinkles. Like but you just see you just see the stuff you want to see.
0: Even beyond that, one of the things that for me was always a highlight of my time at Marvel, and I think you you had a similar experience. Was we got to call guys and and make calls on who would be working on the books and right. where the books might go. There was a bit of, of I don't want to say control, but control or autonomy in, in the work you did as an editor. I, I think that to some degree you were encouraged to take chances. You were yeah.
2: encouraged to think outside the box, but no. I, didn't, I never got that sense at DC now. Um,
0: like, like, were you th- able to make creative talent decisions without... No, no I mean, I yeah. walked into those books, and uh, you know, everything was predetermined.
1: Like, know. what exactly was your day-to-day job there? Like, what did you do?
2: Just... You know, typical stuff, call up the freelancers and, you know, or try to call up the freelancers, whatever the case may be. And <laughs> Yeah, you
0: know, is it different now with everybody on, on, you know, people don't answer the phone anymore?
2: No, they don't. And, uh, you know, most of the stuff is over email. You know.
0: Which is always great for yeah. tone and...
2: Sure, sure.
0: Everything comes across perfectly in an email.
2: But, you know... The <laughs> Smiley one faces thing make everything better. The yes. one thing I will say about DC was, like, the there are
0: systems in place
2: internally that made everything a lot smoother as far as, like, art being delivered into the building. Um, you know, and the, everything was, like, tagged at every sta- at every stage. So, like, there was no chance for anything to go missing. And we were, like, you know, by and large, everything was much earlier on schedule than it ever was at Marvel, you know, especially in the later years, working on the Ultimate books and stuff. Um, Ultimate Spider-Man always ran like clockwork, but some of those other ones were always nail-biters. Hmm. Mm, all right. Yeah. So it's, uh, once again, uh, I said this on the last day lunch I had, like, you know, it was, a, it was great working with all of them. It was great working with all of them, some of them for a second time. And if you ever see me coming back for a third time, <laughs> slam the door in my face. <laughs> Don't let me back in. I, I, it's a mistake.
0: Chris looks like he's ready to say something. No,
3: I, I was, I think it would be, it would be, um, I think it would be interesting to hear an example of how you would have to deliver news about here is the new master plan behind her books and then how long before you have to deliver the news that that master plan is completely different than it was how like how long between
2: it was never like like within a day it was always like a slow burn it's like you know because you start a story you get like okay this is what we want to happen or like the writer would turn in an overview and everybody would approve that overview and then because of something that somebody else wrote in a book in a different office like oh that's cool let's do that instead, so all of a sudden like little by little things are changing outside of your sphere like you don't even know that's happening, and then all of a sudden your plot comes in and they're like what what the hell is this what what is this doing here why isn't this happening like it is in the other book like what what is happening in what other book you know that was a pretty common occurrence you would get a lot of uh, good ideas and they were you know it's it's all good like you know to, to me at the end of the day it doesn't really matter if we tie into this or if we we don't tie into that but um but continuity was that tight. It, w- it it's not even, like, an issue of continuity. It was just, like, a matter of, like, you know, uh, oh, I have a great idea. This character would be great to be in this book. And, like, as the editor of that title, you don't even know that that's happening, you know, because, mm-hmm. like, these meetings are happening with the creators or with, like, you know, the, the higher-up people. And mm-hmm. then you would kind of find out about it in a roundabout way.
3: It's it, it just from what you're saying now and, and from what you've said before, you know, speaking to you earlier that there seems to be like a cycle of getting everybody on the same page and then everybody goes off to implement whatever the master plan is right and then all the every the, the pages are now completely changed not nobody's on the same page anymore you get back together and say this no this is what the plan is now and it's different than what you had told your creators yeah. a week before two weeks before which kind of undoes all the work you had set into motion right well and that's
2: i think that's why like uh, uh, you know there's so many rewrites happening and you know i think i've said this before but if all like the last minute monkeying around with stuff and kind of you know tinkering with the stories was leading to a superior product then sure keep doing it but um i think by and large people it's it's starting to show like people are it's visibly cracking like you know that you're not getting a better product and you're getting a lot of upset creators and you're getting a lot of upset no editorial people leave. That's the way
0: it is. Who would leave that editorial job? I did. Boom badoom shh. I did. I know. That I was know. the joke.
2: Oh, you're funny.
0: Oh, it <laughs> just got real serious.
2: You're asking me the hard hitting questions, man. You knew these were coming. No, I was totally thought we were gonna be talking <laughs> about something else. <laughs> what do you think we were gonna talk about? I don't know. Blindsided. pants. Yeah. pants? The ending of Bioshock Infinite i never played it. Oh, Jacob did.
1: Spoiler right. alert. Side, sidebar. Sidebar, <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey check out,
2: wait for our new podcast, The Ending of Bioshock Infinite <laughs> by Smitty and Jacob.
1: Speaking of Jacob,
0: <laughs> let's talk about what you've been up to. Oh, is it that time? Yeah. Okay. Wait, okay. I think We're just going to ignore you?
3: <laughs> it's Jacob Shabbat time. It's Jacob Shabbat time. Well, and,
0: and
2: anyway, I'm much happier being at home now. Oh, I'm okay. much happier getting back to cartooning. I've written multiple things. Oh, we'll get back to it. It's doing not stuff. Jacob hey, time. Share the hey, floor, yeah. bro. Come on, man. It's Quit in on my time. And that's uh, that's the end of the podcast. Thanks, everybody.
3: <laughs> I, <laughs> <liked> <laughs> <that> when, <laughs> I like Smitty. You mentioned in a previous conversation that when you resigned, that uh, one of your bosses asked you, "Like, are you are you sure about this? Have you talked to your wife? Have you yeah talked yeah. to your?" And, and your answer. <laughs> What was what was my answer? Your answer was, was. You know, uh, honestly, like all of those people, told me I was crazy for taking this yeah, job in yeah, the yeah. first <laughs> place. When it's <laughs> true.
0: All right, now are we done with true. Smitty and the, the adventures at DC Comics for I, now?
3: I don't know. Host, are we? <clears throat> yeah, yeah we are. On.
0: Jacob. Yes. Since we last spoke, you've worked on a million things. Smitty, what was
3: your favorite character to work <laughs> on when you were at D.C.? Good question, yeah. Jacob. Forget I, really, I asked anything. I really
0: enjoyed working
3: on Farrell.: uh, I was really grifter? happy to
2: get that book. Well Grifter? Grifter? Uh, like, all those characters are cool. Like it could, any one of them could have been good, you know? just uh, It was just a lot of, like, lack of direction.
0: <laughs> Hold on. Chris is losing it.
2: Because my it's one thing has become abundantly clear. My life is the most interesting because we all keep gravitating back to me. Everybody's like Smitty, what's going on? Because you worked on Batman, Bat- Bat no, girl. Batgirl. Batgirl, no, Batman Incorporated, they work that. oh, That's true, corporate Batman. Jacob,
0: what? What's you've up? Worked, you've worked on a million things since we last spoke. What? None of them were Grifter. SpongeBob comics. Yeah, that's one. Voltron comics. Two, written by. Brian Smitty Smith let's go back to him for a bit
2: oh yeah you wanna know about Voltron <laughs> I'll tell Hello you all Kitty, about it
0: Hello Kitty Comics you're working on now that's what three the Mighty Skullboy
1: Army volume two that's came out that's four things that's
0: like a million things fast forward
1: <laughs> Ninja Turtles coloring book
0: Ninja Turtles coloring book but okay. here's the
1: thing five
0: let's talk about Skullboy that's what about that's the other
1: 999,995
0: why don't you point the microphone at your
1: mouth <laughs> oh <laughs> man <laughs> Come
0: on, don't make this hard for me later. We're doing this live.
1: Trying to d- diffuse those loud laughs. When you laugh, you move
0: the microphone. Come on. This is all staying in. Yeah. You're like Christina Aguilera. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 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 yeah, be like Christina Aguilera. And let's talk about the, the, sp- the Skullboy. Smitty, did you enjoy listening <laughs> to Christina Aguilera <laughs> on your DVD
3: player or your MP3 player when you worked at DC Comics?
2: I used to uh, I used to miss sing Shakira, much to my, my office mates, who would correct me every time. I'd always say, like, whenever like, would, the answer was, like, whatever. I'd be like, whatever, whatever.
0: You know, guys, I...
2: <laughs> and he would be like, it's once, those aren't the words. And he would storm out.
0: You know, and I don't have the rights for all this music. It's yeah. 30 seconds. I'm right. saying it. Right. I wasn't even saying it. It was parody. True, was right. parody. Smitty, it was stop,
2: <laughs>
3: Smitty, stop interrupting Jacob. Okay.
0: Yeah, you're right. All so right guys, you guys are going to like talking about this. I want to talk to Jacob about the, the Skullboy cartoon pitch process. Just to bring people up to speed, Skullboy is your creation. And over the past year or so, an animation development studio, would that be the word for I think it? It's been.
1: I think it might even be over a year now. It's been going on forever.
0: All right. Well, we didn't talk about it last time. There was a, a production company interested in developing this as an animated series. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's let's talk about th- how different is it developing a, a pitch for an animated series from your process of doing a Skullboy comic?
1: Well, a pitch is definitely different than doing a comic. Yeah, that's why I asked the question. Right from the, like, it's yeah. so <laughs> aggressive. <laughs> but those are like almost two separate things. I'm asking you to c- talk about the difference. All right, with a pitch.
3: I thought they were exactly the same. Yeah, cuz
1: how they're
0: different. Yeah, a long time ago at San Diego, a kid gave Chris really good advice that he should go for a cartoon. So
1: how would that happen? You should go for a cartoon. <laughs> Have you been going for a cartoon? I'm thinking about going for it. Come <laughs> on, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> go. Well, the pitch it's 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 a lot of more just um c- uh condensing everything down into one document and someone can take a brief look at and know what the whole thing is about. How many pages which is long a, is it? A hard thing to do. <laughs>
0: Sure. How m- yeah, how many pages was this document?
1: Um, this pitch has ranged anywhere between 10 and 2 pages. 10 depending and Depending on what.
0: That's where you put your hands when you're driving. 10, 10 and 2, two yeah.
1: Because sometimes they want it really short. Sometimes they f- want it fleshed out more. But now part of this process
0: was actually building uh, a small, how long was the, the pitch visuals? Didn't they do a short animatic or some kind of animation? Yeah, they did like a,
1: like a 60 second. Oh, it's just like, 60 seconds? Yeah, like trailer almost.
0: But it had voices in it, sound yeah. effects. Yeah. So that's what I want to talk about, man, the process of doing all this. So how involved are you? Obviously, in the pitch document, you're, you're writing it, doing character sketches, things of that nature. Mm-hmm.
1: And I get basic direction on what kind of stuff they need for the document. So they need, like, uh, like a short synopsis. They need character beats for each of the main characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want uh, a lot of sample plots. So I had to do a lot of actual writing of storylines.
0: Are are you writing those as simple, you know, two sentence? This happens. This happens. These are like a paragraph. Okay. Uh,
1: Like, but they uh, they would—they all be like new stuff because a lot of stuff in the comics they didn't think would be either long enough or was too long for Hmm. whatever they're looking for. Hmm. So I was able to adapt some of the ones, like the time travel story from Volume Two. I think that was one of the pitch stories, but for the majority, it was all new stuff.
0: So now the actual animation of the 60 second bit what story did you did you write something for that
1: um the the animated bit was like a it was a framing sequence with Skullboy in his office doing like a training video for a new employee and then it was just cut with like short clips of stuff from the comics so it was not like a storyline or anything
0: but you wrote that, or they they developed it and said, "This is what we're going to do."
1: It was like
2: uh, a primer for what the series
0: is. Yeah,
1: about. a lot of a lot of the, like the small clips they used were directly from the comics, maybe slightly modified to fit whatever but two saying, second like, bit they were trying to do. You
0: didn't write a script, or you didn't storyboard anything out. That was all those guys.
1: put No, together. well, I got I uh, did some dialogue adjustments on the script that uh, they wrote.
0: And right, then how does how did they how did they go about select- selecting the the voice acting for it, which I assume was just a scratch. Did you
1: just say selecting?
0: I might have said shelecting. <laughs> Jeez. That's selecting that's a, with a bit of a, That is an <laughs> industry
1: term. Um they wanted so much. The, they wanted me to come up with vo- like what the voices sound like, and I had no idea. So they just said, well, I'll try to think of celebrities that they might sound like. And again, I had no idea. <laughs> I thought of who the voice should be many months after
2: the fact. Oh, who? The dude who plays Badger on Breaking Bad.
0: Who plays Badger on Breaking Bad? <laughs> He's the kid with the uh, really high
1: pitched. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's got like that real kind of gravelly, but like it's still kind of
3: cartoony voice. He'd be perfect.
1: He's, a li- not, he's not a little kid, though. He could talk like a little kid. I, I know, think he was.
3: should have sounded exactly like G.I. Joe's Destro in the original <laughs> cartoons. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: what was my suggestion?
1: You want him to sound like. Uh, I was trying to like, the guy's name, too.
0: Paul Giamatti. Yeah, right? like Paul Giamatti
1: with no lips. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Almost doing, like, a Humphrey Bogart impression.
0: Yeah, it was good. Oh. <laughs> that was a good bit of business.
1: Do you, I mean, I guess you assume,
2: like, in G-Man, G-Man just talks like you. Does he have know. your voice in your head, See, or does you, he have like, a different when, voice? I don't know about
1: you guys, but when I'm doing comics, I never think about that. Me neither. At all. Me Even neither. when I'm reading stuff that I don't write, like, I the voice is not, is like the last thing I would think of.
3: Well, well I, I had, I did some, some short animations For G-Man on my website and I did the voices and I tried to make them sound like kids
2: yeah what was that like (laughs) is that the way you hear it in your head when you're drawing it Uh, hard
3: stop I've never never really heard it (laughs) okay yeah
2: escape goat sounds like Marlo
1: Thomas (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding I'm kidding are you no yes So, so based on what little direction I could give them they sent me like they got like one of the guys that was in studio to do like a sample trap of like 10 different versions of the voice. And I had to pick one that was the closest to what I thought was cool.
0: Right. And then they put the 60-second thing together to show it to you. And then that and the pitch document get taken around to studios and, and production companies? That's Yes. And that's Six-Gun Harness taking care of that? Uh, Six-Point Harness, Six-Point yeah. Harness.
2: You know who else would be good? Pete Campbell. Sure. From Mad Men. From the Mad Men. Yeah. He'd be good for Skullboy.
1: Oh, maybe?
0: Yeah. Cartheither, I think is his last. Cartheither, it's
1: too hard to pronounce. Forget yeah, these forget it. It. out. I don't want to work with them. <laughs> if you just use Destro's
0: voice, this would already be on TV. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So then, so then, how do the pitch meetings go? What's that process like? We don't know, Jacob. Help us. Help well, us go for a cartoon. For
2: is the, the there, most part, is there free coffee in the room?
1: I, I'm not even there. If I'm there, and I've only, I was only involved with like the last round of them. I was over a speakerphone put on the desk of the some meeting room. Not even video Skype huh? Nope. No. (laughs) One time they couldn't get the phone working, so it was over someone's iPhone and I couldn't hear a thing. (laughs) But at least you didn't have to wear a shirt, right? That's right. I had to like I lied to him and told him I was wearing pants. Yeah. The whole time.
0: Pants and a tie. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: How many times did they ask
3: specifically just to check to see if you were still wearing your pants? I would announce it first thing when I introduced myself. I was like I wanted to check in like ten minutes into the conversation. Hey like hey, heard, jacob jacob are you still wearing pants i heard a
1: zip i heard a zip and then some <laughs> cloth hit the floor <laughs> what's
3: going on over there i had These to do are things to consider when you're going for a cartoon it's yeah. true yeah man
2: and a couple of video like conference calls i was on when i was uh doing that freelance editing work for nickelodeon i was at home a lot and like i would call in and they'd always be looking at something and they be like oh wow that looks great that looks great. Oh, too, oh this looks well, what amazing. What would happen in these
1: meetings is they start talking about people that I didn't know, but they all mutually knew. Yeah. And I just, had, I just sat there. I would just start saying, oh, wow, that looks great. Like in my, and nobody, nobody ever picked up on it. Like, oh, that does look great. Yeah, every, yeah. I every once it. in a while, they they chime in and like, uh, ask me if I was still there. Yeah. I'd be like, yes.
0: So, yeah, so what part are you playing in these pitch meetings?
1: Um, I think I'm there mostly to show that the artist of the, or the creator of this thing is on board and every once in a while when they had a question I would try to answer it example give me a sample question they would have it's like what's, uh, what's the Q stand for in Skullboy Q Skullman that's important to the show <laughs> Quincy do you know what it stands it's Quincy. for Quincy Quincy because yeah,
0: yeah. of the medical examiner or the president I
1: don't know it was the first thing I thought of when they asked me that question yeah. so this is not something you had <laughs> no. previously considered wow Hubert. <laughs> yeah
0: alright alright so then are you allowed to talk about who you pitched it to
1: I didn't sign anything that said I wouldn't.
0: Do you want to talk about it? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? All right. Who'd you talk to?
1: Uh, we pitched it to uh, first round. They pitched it to Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, and I think Disney. And I wasn't involved in those meetings, but those are the ones where they said they they couldn't sell a show where the the main character is a villain. Huh. So then we had to go back and retool it everything, to fit more of their uh, what they wanted. And then we pitched it to uh, Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, and the Hub, mm. and DreamWorks for some reason. Forgot about that one. <laughs>
0: but DreamWorks says the Penguins of Madagascar.
1: Right. Yeah, for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, from the, what they say is like <laughs> they're like, yeah, well, we like this, but uh, we don't have a network that we can show shows on. But uh, I mean, there's got to be a precedent for like the lead character in a cartoon not being. There's a lot of precedent. Yeah, so why would they get hung up on that? I want because it's not the the uh, flavor of the day. Oh, like Invader Zim, that was one
0: where huge success. Well, oh, pink- no, but it's, you know, it's in the
2: brain. still selling product to this day, right?
0: Yeah, pink- I, yeah, it's a a niche market. Hot topic. It is a hot topic. Yeah,
2: Wiley Coyote. Yeah, sure, sure, him too.
0: When when you're getting notes like having a villain as their lead is not going to really sell this thing, we need to retool it. This is a a property, a character that you've. Yeah. Well, really my first
1: thought time. is, well, this isn't going to work then. But as someone who wants to get a show made, I am willing to try to play ball. Yeah. Because <laughs> I understand, you know, you need to, If it, you know, if I don't cooperate, this is not going to happen.
0: <laughs> is there is there something that they could ask that would make you go, forget it, we're not doing this?
1: Well, at some point, and this is when, like, we were first getting into this many years ago, when it wasn't, I didn't have the studio behind this or anything like that. It was just me. Uh, I think we pitched it to Cartoon Network, and they wanted the the main character to be a real kid, and not a kid with a skull face.
0: But he'd still be named Skull Boy.
1: I guess. But I didn't see that. I didn't see how that would work at all.
0: <laughs> it Seems, it seems <laughs> counterproductive. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Huh?
2: But like, you it, would they, they want it to be a mask or something that the kid was wearing, like a skull mask?
1: Oh, I think been. I think that we I, I I played with that concept, but in the end I just said this isn't going to work unless he's got a skull face.
2: Didn't someone say they wanted him to have a mouth,
1: like a working mouth? That's always been a debate, of okay. like how that mouth gets animated. Right,
0: it just sort of squashes and stuff, right?
1: Yeah, I think that's where we're at right now. But there was like brief periods of time where I like drew all drew all the art again with him with a real mouth to yeah. see how that would look. How'd it look? It didn't look bad. All right. It looked weird, just because I haven't seen him like that forever, but. Mm-hmm.
3: Did you ever, like, once they started floating changes or modifications to it, did you ever consider retooling it so much that you just kind of build from the ground up to, to match what they were looking for so that it's no longer recognizable as Skullboy at all?
1: Well, if that's the case, then I don't know why I'm involved in that Because you're going
3: for a cartoon. And that way, you know, <laughs> you could have... But,
1: I mean, if I'm going to retool it that much, wouldn't I just come up with something new?
3: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, do you ever just consider, like, just so that way that you would retain all your rights to Skullboy, and what they're working on now as a cartoon is a completely different property.
1: Yeah, but that, of, t- that takes that takes way more work. I mean, like, pitching this as a cartoon was already hard enough, but and that's with all the material already generated. Like, I've already got two books of, like, designs and stories and a world... And like, I think that's what makes it appealing to these studios: is that this world is already created, everything is already fleshed out. Right. Um, you don't need to put a lot of development into it.
3: Yeah, but when they start asking for changes, it sounds like maybe that isn't what is appealing to them. I don't know.
1: Hey, I don't. I don't know either.
3: <laughs> Smitty, you got any advice for Jacob as he goes for his cartoon?
2: I would say go for a cartoon. Go for it.
1: I'm thinking of doing a cartoon that's got Batman
2: in it. Yeah, that'll sell. That's good. <laughs> Now you're thinking.
0: Alright, talking about properties that you work on that are your that are your deal, we're gonna move over to Chris G now.
1: Burr.
0: Yeah. Now Chris, you're on here strictly to promote your newest book, G Man Volume Three Coming Home. Strictly. I refuse to say a word about anything else. So let's talk about yeah. it. I'm not gonna talk about Smitty at all or Jacob. Do not even – pretend they're not even here. But I think this is something we're all going to be able to talk about because one of the things I don't think gets enough attention about what you're doing with G-Man, which is awesome and everybody should buy it, is how much of it is – I don't want to say autobiographical, but how much of it is based on your personal experience, your life, your friends, your brothers, etc., Right, nobody. That's not a thing that ever. Like, you don't. You don't make a big show of that. I, well,
3: I, I don't I don't make a big show of it necessarily, but I, I feel like it does come up at least once every interview that I do. It's not something I'm hiding. I'm deleting that question. We're going to erase this whole yeah. thing. <laughs> I refuse to ask a question that anyone else has ever asked. Well, no one's asked that question exactly, but I'm saying,
0: okay, then continue. Yeah.
3: You know, it, it does come up, like, oh, you know, the G man is, you know, basically a version of me as a kid his brother is exactly like my brother his parents are modeled after my parents his friends are modeled after my friends
1: so what you're saying is you're not very creative
3: exactly yeah. i put <laughs> no imagination original ideas so i just stole from my life and added superpowers <laughs> and magic to it
0: <laughs> wait that stuff is boring about... <laughs> the superpowers no, like, and magic
3: the magic cape and the superpowers and all that kind of stuff we we didn't have that growing up
1: so that scratches my follow-up question of what happened to your magic cape. Yes.
0: But I think there's something to that because, you know, there's, there's the whole write what you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. But you're doing a nice synthesis of superhero tropes, if we can call them that, at which you know. And then your life, which you know. And then the the humor that's in it. I don't know what the question is here. I guess I'm going to bring the question to everybody, which is how much of the stuff – like, Jacob, you're doing Skullboy. How much of what, what your experience in your life is are going into that? Or is that you just saying, this will be fun to draw? Hey, hey, what about it?
1: It's it's a lot about that being just fun to draw. I mean, if it is.
0: Is there also a little bit of hey, hey, what about it? Just like 10%. 10%, all right. <laughs> 11, 11% max. What is hey, hey about it? What about it? <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> i'm not sure what that means but I'm actually like a little bit of it like i'm sure some of it was just frustration of having a day job where i sat in a cubicle all day that all cubicle was right. awesome i know but i mean I, there was you know there was a non-stop
0: party how about you smitty it's that
1: office life
0: with uh, things like escape goat or even stuff of legend or anything I think that you're th- working there's on. definitely more more like
2: of my own and you know and mike's experiences too growing up in mike, stuff of legend mike being mike rach Rage, mike Rage, my co-writer okay. and stuff of legend co-creator um those things that happen with the the toys in that world, like those are closer to home, like we did experience those things, like you know being attached to a toy and, and giving that toy like a life
0: that you created.
2: Um, I was never an escape artist, what I know crazy right
0: you guys are shattering shattering every notion I had, yeah, Escape
2: scapegoat is definitely more the book that I want to. Read, I want to see in the world, and that's why it's there. Because if I didn't do it, I don't think anybody else would. (laughs) Right. Because, well, you know, not for the money. They wouldn't do it for the money.
0: I'm just saying, like, I draw SpongeBob comics and I have spent time underwater. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we all bring something to the table. I'm sure you have
1: a sponge in this house somewhere. Yeah, of course. Several.
0: Yeah, yeah. I wash dishes sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Back to Chris. Now, Chris, this is. Do we have to? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Do you find. That by doing something that is that is as personal as G-Man is, does it make it harder or or easier to do to write those things?
3: Uh, for me, it's easier because, like, I always have something to to like inform what direction to go or how characters would behave, and it's also cathartic in a lot of ways because uh, a, a lot of the things that get me writing are things that get me upset and you know i just i draw on like all the things that had upset me when i was a kid (laughs) and so it's kind of in a way working out childhood issues turning negative experiences into something positive in the form of a comic book that's you know most people just think is funny and fun
0: yeah and a lot of the humor comes from adults not quite understanding what the kid is trying to say or being in direct conflict to a kid that is correct
3: yeah, uh, you know, yeah, the adults are often the, the dumber, the dumber characters involved. They're, you know, not paying attention, not giving, I think a, a big part of, like, all the humor that I do is, is derived from just miscommunication. Sure. Which, because, I don't know, I, I think I'm, like, a terrible communicator. Yeah, and nobody it. understands.
2: I haven't understood a word you said <laughs> this whole just, time.
3: <laughs> well, case in point, you just cut me off before I could get to my point. Oh, you were talking. I'm sorry, uh, I didn't understand what you were question, saying. question. I try to answer it. You don't even let me get to it. Keep talking.
2: It's like the Peanuts adult voice I keep hearing. But, but not even eat. just me.
3: But I will see people having a. Con- I will witness a conversation where I know what one person is trying to say. The other person's not getting it clearly. I like, and I could step in and clarify but they might be strangers or they might just be inappropriate for me to say anything, but hmm. you can see it happen. And, and to me, that's funny. And that works its way into my stories a lot.
0: Yeah, no, that's hilarious. I've seen that happen. It's great. I was at the gym once and I heard these it guys. It sounds so condescending. I know. It's great. Do you want us to leave? <laughs> did that, did that, that's oh, not yeah. how that was supposed to sound? Yeah, 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 yeah. It yeah. was
3: slightly dismissive sounding. It I know, not... I know that you weren't really I was being, I not.
0: Concerned. I'm just calling attention to it. For the sake of humor. For humor. Yeah. I was saying that it is great when that happens because it's super funny. And I remember at the gym once overhearing these two guys talk about the show Heroes. <laughs> and one guy was talking about the Ali Larder character. And I knew it was her because he mentioned that she was in the movie Varsity Blues with the whipped cream bikini and how hot she was, blah, blah, blah. But the other guy what thought he was talking about Hayden Panettiere's character. Uh-huh. And the two of them are talking back and forth about this girl on Heroes. And it was so clear to me that they were talking about different. It was great. Yeah. And that seems like that it would have
2: been, been more complicated for you to explain than to just let, let it go. Like yeah, if you, you were know, to tr- inject yourself into that conversation and try to connect the dots for them.
0: Believe you me, here's one thing that doesn't happen in the gym. I don't interject in any <laughs> conversations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is a silent process for me. That uh-huh. is headphones in do the do.
2: Greg took me to the gym once. Like when I, when I first joined the gym and I didn't know how any of the weight machines worked, Greg brought me in there and I hurt myself within the first like 30 seconds. It was painful. Oh, no. Yeah.
3: where did uh, you hurt yourself?
2: It was like, it was one of these jammies and everybody, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing this
1: thing. You have to describe this cause it's, it's like really
3: a <laughs> standing row you yeah. pulling. Yeah,
2: yeah, Yeah. It was <laughs> like this and right back like the back of my arm like snapped <laughs> like, oh, like a rubber band
0: was it was it a dumbbell or was it a rope
2: it was a rope like a pull thing yeah i think you were tricking me i think <laughs> I, it wasn't really what i was supposed to be doing
0: i think i was showing him how to, how to do a uh, a rope pull down for the triceps uh huh it's funny uh, a lot okay. of the stuff i know about the gym chris taught me over the phone that's what right. <laughs> perfect demonstration over the phone
3: yeah that's
2: just like my demonstration of the exercise that i hurt myself on for this podcast
0: well, a lot of it would be like, okay, you know the thing that that looks like you're sitting in the cockpit of a of a Millennium Falcon. Yeah, all right, that's for your legs. That kind of what Jim?
2: What gym are you going to?
0: I showed you this thing. No, you didn't. You sit in it and you're like, I, I can't explain it on here. <laughs> yeah. I could draw it. Needless for you. to
2: say, everybody at home, I am completely ripped.
0: I like the. I like the. the there's
3: there is an exercise referred to commonly as lateral dumbbell raises. <laughs> but when Greg and I talk about it, Greg <laughs> Greg calls them Jesus raises. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because you Now you're I know your what arms it is. Out to your sides. Right. As though you were on the cross. Right. I'm sure that's <laughs> offending somebody.
2: I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of people just turn this thing off.
0: I cut Jew. I cut a
2: Oh
1: oh so anyway i'm ripped that's the point works. of the story oh yeah <laughs>
0: don't you know
3: what you guys did to him
0: <laughs> oh. when i was in second grade or first grade a kid in my class said you know the jews killed jesus what and i was like what and i went home and asked my mom Could that have tell him the romans did it so i went in the next day and said that that was it
2: did you flip him off too flip him the just, bird
0: come on, i was in second grade i didn't have that kind of manual dexterity
2: To flip the bird? Yeah, I guess you're right. That comes later.
0: I was only able to draw Smurfs.
2: (laughs) Yeah, three apples high.
0: Yeah. I think I was, yeah, second grade or first grade I was drawing Smurfs. Kindergarten I was drawing the Flintstones.
2: So, Greg, what have you been up to since the last time we all spoke?
3: We're not done talking about me. What about Smitty?
1: Chris plugging his book during the Chris commercial hour.
3: Yeah, Chris, plug your book. Plug it. I have a new book. It's called G-Man Volume 3 Coming Home. As the title implied, it is the third in a series of graphic novels featuring G-Man. It's on sale now. Is
1: this the one where he comes home?
3: Yeah. <laughs> how impo- it's on sale in comic shops.
2: All right, now talk about how this one was kind of distributed differently than previous runs.
3: And bookstores. And Amazon.com. <laughs> and Comicsology. I'm sorry, Smitty, what was that?
2: As opposed to doing like... <laughs> Individual issues that you then combined into a trade paperback. This was more of a, it was a different format this time. Yeah, you released I it still, differently.
3: I still created it as if it would have been a mini series, but we published it in print straight to trade. We did release the single issues digitally. Over at com. Do you have a
2: preference? Like, is did you did you feel like one was a more successful endeavor than the other? Like, doing it monthly comics well, versus...
3: Yeah, doing a, doing a monthly comic, if you're Chris Jeruso doing a G-Man comic, is, <laughs> is like throwing money down the toilet. <laughs> and you are. So right? I opted not to that do That is kind of what guy. you're like.
1: Huh? That is kind of what you're like, Chris Geruso doing a G-Man comic. Yeah, yeah.
3: I, am, I am somewhat like that. I'm about as close as you can get to that. <laughs> So, yeah, rather than print single issues that I know that comic shops are not going to buy, um, I went with the trade, which I know comic shops have... They do buy. They,
0: yeah, there's the trade. a shelf life to them. Well, there's to...
2: an entire philosophy in comic buying now. Uh, these trade waiters, people that just wait for the collection anyway. So you're just kind of giving them what they want.
0: It's an original graphic
3: novel is what it is. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's also m- more like... That's more of a thing that you talk about with the mainstream, like you, your Spider-Man comics. You know they're going to be collected in a trade, or your Superman comics. But those are all.
2: And if you're very lucky, in omnibus.
0: <laughs> yeah. Smitty's obsessed with omnibus. I am the great. But
3: uh, you know those rules are not really what govern me. I'm just looking at the hard facts of we cannot make a profit, or you know, on single issues. We can with the trades. So from now on, it's just we're just going to print trades.
1: All right. What if you only printed one? Made it really rare, got it slabbed, yeah, slab and sold it. it on eBay,
2: because I'm going i'm going to take you one step further, I'm going straight to omnibus on my next stuff,
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> way to go boom, <laughs> you beat me, I mean, the book has only been out when this thing releases for fifteen days, yeah so there's, there's a, a graphic novel certainly has a shelf life that extends beyond uh, a a one month of a monthly comic sure. or what have you. So that's too soon to tell. All right. I'm sure once people hear this, it's going to sell thousands and thousands of copies. Was that a hundred for each one of
3: your listeners? <laughs> hey,
0: you don't know how many <laughs> listeners I have. Hey-o. That information is vaulted.
1: Now, do you think going straight to trade also opens up to a wider audience? Like in terms of outside of the comic book stores?
0: Um, well,
3: being in a trade, yes. Going you know the specific angle of going straight to trade, I don't think that really has any relevance as far as it's not like somebody's gonna say, "Oh wait, I would buy this trade, but i I know that there's single issues <laughs> floating around, so no <laughs> thank you
0: All right, here's here's a more important question. You finished book three it's great I really and like that's not even being facetious it is it is genuinely great
2: that did sound a little condescending again,
0: <laughs> not to me, I'll take it okay, it's great in fact. I have recorded somewhere. I'll have to see if it's actually usable.
2: Every time Greg says it's great, he's winking <laughs> at us.
0: I did a, a I'm did not seeing the winks. I did a Skype test call with Chris, mm-hmm. and we went over the first chapter. I don't know if you remember that. So I have recorded me going through chapter one, like calling out, that panel looks awesome. This, If I have that somewhere, I might tack it on to the end of this. Oh. Almost like a clip, like huh. if this was a talk show. Sure. I don't remember that at all. Oh, it's good. It's, I think it's good. I'd have to re-listen to it. So no promises. Uh, But you finish the book, and you have other things to do, but how soon in your mind are you working on book four, or has that already started? Like ideas for the next story? Just anything and everything under the umbrella of working on book four, whether it's from ideas to sketching to considering a cover or anything. Well, I
3: have uh, have ideas. I've had ideas floating around, like, the, the ideas for that sort of thing just kind of come up organically while I'm working on, like, while I was working on Volume 3. So, because I think, oh, this is this idea that I laid out here, we could pay this off at some point this way. And and then I have some, like, character redesigns I want to work in, so there's, you know, little bits and pieces here that I want to work all together. When I'm actually going get to get a chance to sit down and, and write it all out and start drawing, I, I'm not sure because i have some other side projects that need my attention
0: but is is the itch like are you once you you finished it is it is it like a like a state of exhaustion where you're like i got to step away for a minute or are you amped and pumped and ready to just like i i wish i didn't have these side projects because i'd that love to jump in that's into
3: exactly it i wish i didn't have any other things that i had committed to <laughs> or that i'm obligated to to work on i wish i had none of that in front of me yeah i would i would immediately dive into the, to the next g-man story
0: i can imagine because we were at free comic book day and we're going to talk about that in a bit but you know people are coming up and like oh man this is great can't wait for the next one like they haven't even read book three and they're they're chomping for book four the part of you has to be like god i want to get working on book four i want
3: yeah nobody's (laughs) more (laughs) eager than i am for book four
0: how can we help you get your side projects done faster i got nothing going on
3: well I also work on a comic strip called Tales from the Con, which oh I draw. God,
0: this guy's just plugging. Yeah.
3: Man. I'm, see? I'm trying to answer the question you just <laughs> asked me. Yeah, the, the question was, this is This is what I'm talking about. How can we help you get yeah, your. I'm, yeah, go, I'm okay. getting to that. Sorry. I'll get exactly to how you can help me. Sorry. <laughs> so, this, uh, the strips are written by Brad Geiger, a very talented cartoonist in his own right.
0: A guest on this show.
3: Yes. Uh,. He, well, we should say Evil Inc EvilComic.com, I think, is the web address. Why
0: don't they just go listen to that episode, and they'll learn all about Brad? Chris is just trying Which to get episode it? is it? I can look it up later.
1: Chris is just trying to get as many plugs in as he can during his, yeah, his segment. Seriously. He's like I like
0: Evil-Inc.com. <laughs> okay. Well. I think he's episode 26. I could be wrong. You heard it here first, folks. I could be wrong.
3: <laughs> Brad Geiger is on episode 26. I think. Unless you listened to 26 when it came out, you would have heard it there first.
2: How many are there total? Episodes? Yeah.
0: I think this might be 30. Wow. I think. I could be wrong.
2: Good for you, man. That's a lot. Thanks, buddy. Sure.
0: So, Greg,
3: you asked the question, (laughs) how (laughs) can we help? I did. (laughs) Yeah, how can we help?
2: Have you committed committed to drawing a wizard on the side of a van? Because I'll tackle that one for (laughs) you. I haven't. <laughs> well, uh, I'm out. Smitty's got
0: mad airbrush skills. Yeah,
3: but if you if I do, I want you to draw my wizard Glendoff. Sure. Glenn Williams, the wizard. Yeah, yeah. From G-Man stories. Makes delicious pizzas. Doesn't that make you want to buy them? Buy the books now. I who, think, who are you yeah, talking there's to? There's a wizard.
2: <laughs> you talking to us? I'm
3: talking to <laughs> the audience. Oh. I'm talking to the listeners. <laughs>
0: all right, continue telling us and how they're we can all help saying
3: you. yes. They're all saying we don't care. If you answer Greg's question. <laughs> so, you recently submitted a suggested comic strip.
0: I totally did. 28 episodes. This will be episode 29. Okay, Continue. good.
3: <laughs> you You ran this idea past Brad and I.
0: Brad Geiger was episode 25.
3: You heard it here first, <laughs> folks.
1: Is this where I should ask Smitty about working <laughs> on DC Comics?
3: Yeah. <laughs> They tell you about Batgirl. All right, so I submitted. You submitted an idea to Brad. I did. Brad pretty much wrote it exactly as you would submitted it. So now I'm going to say, hey, you know what would be great? Since it's an impossible thing for me to draw, how would you like to draw it? What did I say to that? I, I'm asking you now for the first time. You heard it here first, folks. I, I believe you asked me
0: in North Carolina, and I might have said, no, I don't want to draw it. Oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> but, if you're putting me on the spot, when would it be due? Um, You know, within the next three or four weeks. I might be able to do it. All right. That would help me. I might be able to do it. If 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 the powers that be will
3: allow it. Of course, this is like the only other paid work I have in them. <laughs> 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 I'll have to give that to you. Right, I said might.
2: Jacob, what do you think about all this?
3: How can we help you out, Chris? Here, Greg, take all my money. (laughs) Thanks for nothing. (laughs) I'm the worst.
2: Jacob, what's your feelings on all this?
1: I think that uh, Greg shouldn't be taking uh, food out of Chris's mouth like this. Yeah,
2: seriously, right? Can you pay him food?
3: To be fair, he did just give us all dinner.
1: That <laughs> <laughs> was good. I too. also think it that you delicious. need to get a van with Glendolf the wizard uh, airbrush on the side of yeah. it, serving up some fresh hot pizza.
0: When you do a book tour, yeah, oh of comics and pizza in the Glendolf van. Yep.
1: <laughs> I see it's you. Already, I see you
0: getting. The works. I
2: see you getting arrested. <laughs> for what? Come to my van, kids, for pizza and comics.
0: If you get a GMC van, it could stand for Glendolf broken Magician taillight. Comics. Yeah, the broken taillight.
2: Rusty tailpipe. Yeah. Wait.
0: That sounds gross. Yeah.
2: What? That's a that's a real affliction for cars. I know. That's an affliction.
0: <laughs> it is that's an affliction. a car doctor. All right, so we just uh we just were in North Carolina, Greensboro, North Carolina, guests of Acme Comics for Free Comic Book Day. That's how live this is, guys. Yes. We all just got back Monday night. The 6th and and while we talked about it a bit on their podcast, the Acme Cast, and this show is available on the Acme Wave Projector Network. Now none of them are around, so we could really, can really talk about it. Yeah, yeah. We can't talk. It about was great. Ah, oh, so we can dish. <laughs> we only really talk we can about them when they're not really here. dish. Well, I think something that's worth noting is something Smitty brought up, which is that Greensboro, at least what we see, of, we've seen of Greensboro and what they have done down there, is it sort of has become greensboro is to comics in a lot of ways or or comics slash geek culture Mm -hmm. what austin is to music yeah right like it's a place where it's impressive what what they're doing there i think they're and it's and it's celebrated yes in a way that i hadn't i haven't seen i mean north carolina in general has a real comics culture going on from heroes convention and and heroes aren't hard to find and ultimate comics just like up up the coast of of North Carolina, they really are doing something there. I think it's significant to note that they are
3: officially referred to as Comic Book City, USA, Greensboro.
0: Yep, and that that goes to what Smitty was saying is like this group of people have have shaped this city into yeah. the yeah. city they want it to be.
2: Yeah, they took something and, and put an identity on it, you know, which is great.
0: How do you think that? Uh, I don't know if there's a question here, but I guess it's how do you, how does that how do you think that plays against something like new york where we live or portland which is has its its comic book culture or la where everybody seems to be going because everything's becoming a movie or tv show if it mm-hmm. has any, uh, how does something like greensboro or just that homespun comic culture how do you think that plays to i don't know if there's an answer to this just opening a conversation
2: Well, I mean, like, New York is definitely a comic book place, and this is where all the comics get made, at least, you know, your big two are both here, you know, and a lot of the... Well, historically, it is more of a comic book city, because historically, you used to have to live and work here in order to work in the comics. Nowadays, it's not so much. You know, you could work pretty much anywhere. Right. Um,
3: I don't think anybody moves to New York City thinking, like, oh, finally, I'm going to get a chance to read comic books.
0: Well, not read them
3: sure. <laughs> yeah there's a real comment, yeah, yeah, but like in in Greensboro, like Smitty said I mean they, they've created a scene
0: now you travel all over the place, you travel more than any of the rest of us. Have you found anywhere else that had who are you that? talking to, Chris, oh okay, I think I said that Didn't I, I say think your the
3: name? Li- you know the listeners can see you gesturing towards me,
0: <laughs> Chris G. Russo, you travel more than all of us. <laughs> Have you noticed other places that have that kind of... I mean, I know Jersey Drozd up in in Ann Arbor is building a culture up there uh, that has a love for comics. And the
3: traveling I do is mostly, you know, very specific. Like, I'll go to a convention and be in the convention center and not really get a sense of, like, what the area is like at night when you go out for dinner or whatever. Um, Although... I just got back from C2E2. Well, before Free Comic Book Day, I was a C2E2. Yeah, man,
0: we're doing this live.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, and I got a chance to go to Art Baltazar and Franco and Mark Hammond's comic book store called Aw oh Yeah Comics. hmm And so I did get a sense of, like, that, you know, Chicago comics scene. Uh, they have another comic. There's another comic shop in the area, Challenger's Comics. And it's uh, it- It's nice to see, like, those two, com- like, those guys are allies in the comic retailer business they don't consider themselves as enemies um, and it's it really seems like you know Art and Franco and and uh, and Mark Hammond are really kind of cultivating like their own kind of corner uh, not only in the industry but now having a retailer shop I, I guess uh, one, one example I could point to is there's like an there's just an electric box outside yeah. the shop on the corner that the city commissioned Art Baltazar to paint, so it you know matches the storefront, and it's uh-huh. uh, you know, but it's like across the street, and it looks it looks awesome because it's Art Baltazar paint job of all your yeah, comics characters on there, and they're they were telling me that he got stopped four times, four different times by police because they they thought it was graffiti, <laughs> but he they, you know they said no, this was shan- sanctioned and you know uh, requested by by the city. So somebody was requesting that sort of thing to happen. They're having some kind of impact on the local area. I guess that's my point.
2: Yeah, no. But I think that's it's very similar in Greensboro, you know? Yeah. I've never seen, like, a store with such outreach into the community. Um, You know, getting involved with, like, kids in, like, all levels. Grade school, middle school, high school. I mean, you've been to these things when you go down there.
3: Yeah, I mean, the, you know, Stephen and Jermaine are, you know, primarily responsible for me getting getting into the whole author visit scene that, you know, a lot of graphic novel authors mm-hmm. have been doing. My first experience has, was with Stephen. Steven, you know, I think you were with me and, and Jacob, and Stephen, you know, took us all to a couple different elementary schools, and we presented to some kids. And uh, since then I've, you know, expanded what I do when I, when I do author visits. And this last trip down, we went to three different schools, and I did maybe seven seven different presentations during that time. And it's because of their their reach into the community that yeah. made it so possible.
0: And then also you mentioned, oh, yeah, comics. Like They have events and stuff, right? They have, like, come bring your kids in on a Sunday. We're going to have a drawing party. Yeah. Right? They do yeah, that they, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, they do do that kind I of stuff. I love that stuff. Like I don't, well, I, I don't even he, know if that's the sort of thing I would have done as a kid, but I love that it's happening. Sure. You got
2: You got to go to your audience you know we've talked about this a couple times as far as like what is the what do you get back from tweeting about your stuff when you're making you know all ages material or yes. your younger reader material that is
0: my question um when you tweet when you're when you're an author or creator for a young audience what function is twitter when the young audience is not on twitter because you're
2: not talking to the your kids audience. that are buying yeah that you want to get involved with what you're doing
0: yeah
3: well, I, I know and that something like this, when you
2: when you go directly to the source, you go to the kids. That you have events for kids in the store, like you're getting them involved in what you're doing directly. Sure.
3: Well, to answer, like, who are you reaching on Twitter? If you're not reaching the kids, you're reaching parents, and you're reaching librarians, and you're reaching teachers, and other proponents of all ages, younger readers. You're
0: saying it's like a like a social networking kind of a thing. Almost. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Jacob,
2: you're right over there, buddy. Jacob, yeah, what do you fine. think about all this? Did you just go steal the chicken out of the
0: fridge? Yeah. What? <laughs> all right. This, this is this is uh, something else I want to bring up, and this might be the last thing we talk about. Who knows? We'll see where it goes. All right. But something I feel like I've talked to all of you about separately, so we'll talk about it now as a group. Is Jacob's hair. You can't stop talking Art about Art and Franco.
3: That. Constantly refer to Jacob as the best hair in comics.
1: Yeah, it's good. Well, I have not been involved in any official competitions.
0: Who would? Ha- who could possibly complete? Complete? Who could possibly complete? These bleeds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> These bleeds.
0: Yeah, those bleeds. <laughs> so speaking of Art and Franco, they have like a. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, they've got a crew. They've got a whole, whole kind of scene they've built around themselves. Yeah. And then I mentioned Portland there's a bunch of guys in Portland and that's, that's like a scene mm-hmm. and there's all these, like we all notice it because we're go to conventions. You see these groups of guys that sort of coalesced into a crew for lack of a better word. And I, for a lot of time would be at convention and see these crews going like, man, look at that. They got a whole crew over there. Look, they're having a great time, Uh huh. man, look at that. And, and only recently have I started to sort of rejigger my brain. Like, wait, I, I got my crew ready. Like, yeah, why what do we ch- what do we chop liver? No, but I think it goes to that that. You never never quite feeling like you fit in or belong. Right. So you're always looking at other people, and they're like, "Oh, they're doing it better, or they're doing it right, or what have you." Do you guys get that sense when you look around, that either at conventions or just online, like you know, there's people that are posting on message boards and commenting on each other's stuff, and. Do you ever think, like, man, look at that? That's a that's a community over there that I'm not a part of, even though I know some of those people, or vice versa. Well, so.
3: In a way, but but I, that's kind of what a convent what conventions are for, though. Is yeah. like we get to go mingle with those guys, and we get to hang out with you know different crews of people. Yeah, and and you get to learn, like, oh, like you get in, like every time I hang out with Art and Franco, I get all these insights, and I get like really. Energized by you know they're uh, they're nothing but high energy all the time.
2: That is true. Art introduced me to the concept of reverse shoplifting. (laughs) That is (laughs) a great
0: that is a great concept. I
2: know it really blew my mind when he when he well what he does is he goes into stores that don't carry his books and puts books on the shelf so that way when people buy them and scan them in it's in their system like it's automatically in their system. Very smart.
0: Yeah, although I think I'm the one that said why not just buy your own book. To get it in the system ready, and
2: not oh, and wait. get it back right away. So that way you're not giving well, just, away
0: copies. Just not wait for somebody to pick it up.
3: Oh. Like also,
1: you never know how that, something like that's going to go. Whether they just sell it as like a misc uh, misc mm.
3: item. <laughs> also, like I, I think this is something he did years ago, and I, I, I don't know if that's something that still works. Mm.
0: Let's but try it. After this, we're going to go with a G-Man book to a bookstore All right. and give it a shot. We'll go to a Staples <laughs> and see what happens. I did stuff,
1: but I did stuff like that when I was just starting too. Like I would take Skullboy mini comics and just drop them off in like pl- like places that had zines and stuff like Kim's videos uh stuff like that. Barbershop. Really? Yeah.
0: You just leave them there? You just
1: leave them there.
2: I bring copies of my stuff to like the dentist and doctor's office and just leave it there.
0: But that wasn't to sell it. That was just to have it sitting there. <laughs> I, yeah, dropped, so I
1: dropped a, a Skullboy book it. into a Dark Horse prize package at one point.
0: <laughs> Where?
1: I think it was at last year's ALA.
0: <laughs> All right, that's fair, but like the okay, somebody buys a Skullboy book at Kim's Video, you don't even know if that, that happened, right?
1: No. Well, it's yeah, that's, that's interesting. That's the, the point. That's one step from flyering.
3: The genius of the the arts. Plan Reverse were Talking about was that there's a there's already a barcode on the thing and the mm-hmm. the barcode gets works its way into the computers. Right.
0: It's like a, the Matrix. A, it's like the Matrix. Yeah. Pretty
3: much like the Matrix.
2: I think people should go back to stealing stuff the old fashioned way. <laughs> like none of this digital stealing. You you literally have to go somewhere and point. steal something. No, not at gunpoint. Just like, like you know under your up the sleeve. Yeah, like there's some skill involved there. There's actually like risk and you know, you have to go steal something.
3: Well, Smitty, I don't know what you're talking about, but I don't think <laughs> shoplifting is a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> I'm
2: saying if you're so compelled to steal stuff, like people download things illegally. And they call that pirating.
0: I don't think any of us are compelled to steal anything. I think it's important to say that the opinions expressed on stuff said are those of the guests and not the management.
2: I'm not saying we should all go out and steal stuff. But if you are the kind of person who does steal stuff, get off your butt and go steal something. (laughs) (laughs) Like a car. (laughs) Yeah, like for real. Steal a physical object.
1: All something right. shows a little skill.
2: Yeah, something that shows you really mean it. Like a puppy from the pet store. Yeah, well, come on. If you're going to take care of the puppy.
0: Like a hamburger, Robble Robble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <A hamburger. laughs> I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah,
2: it's just my opinion. Again, go steal I think, something. I think we got Hey, everybody go steal I something. I think
0: we got to get
1: a new crew. We got to rejigger this crew. I was saying we got to replace crew? somebody? Yeah, I mean, this.
0: we've got a crook in the mists.
1: Yeah, what? we we need that guy. We need the guy on our team
0: who's yeah, a little come on, left to yeah, center. All right. You're right. I've been sold.
2: Good. I'm back in. <sighs> <This is like laughs> so close.
0: That was that was close. Yes. Yeah. You got so real serious for a so second. What happens, happens when we need to get something stolen? You know, you're you're going right. to wish I was around. I think that's when you bring in like, you have a guy be like, hey, you want to join our crew? Here's yeah, what you got to do. We've already do. got one. Yeah. But then if he gets pinched. Pinched. we <laughs> <laughs> lose one of our crew. Really, Bazooka <laughs> Joe. What
2: happens when I get pinched? <laughs>
0: I'm saying, let's say we want something thieved. Yeah,
2: yeah, burgled.
0: We find some kid. Say, hey, kid, you want to be part of this crew? Probably says, a kid yeah, I that them. I just
2: enticed on this podcast. Yeah, but a kid like stuff. that, untrustworthy. He'll be ready to
0: turn us in He'll like an hour later. He wants to join our crew because he was we looking at a crew saying, why not me?
2: Wow. You see? You should get that tattooed on your chest.
1: I'm going to get that you on just, my van. You just cut uh, that track for your new
2: album? What you, about my
0: bank?
1: <laughs> 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 Nothing like
0: a weird inside joke in yeah. podcast that nobody will understand. Although I
3: don't, I don't understand it right
0: now. Do we have Do we have any art of the world's most dangerous man in the world? Does anyone Somewhere. have that? I'll Somewhere. put that in the show notes. All right. Yeah, we'll we'll get something to you. Can you get it in the next four days? Sure. This things live. Sure. 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 No problem. All right, Chris. What do you want to talk
1: about? I don't know. We're pa- th- come on. Are you falling asleep? Topic now.
0: Yeah, we're going open topic. Is he Ta-
3: falling asleep? Yeah, three more stuff about G-Man.
0: Newest volume on sale Who's now. Costu- whose costumes are you going to redesign? Sparky. Why? I mean,
3: has a redesign coming. Just because uh, I don't like. Uh, there's certain once you once you uh, draw a character over and over again, you get you get a better sense of like how how well does the design work. Right. And Sparky's costume always gives me trouble, and uh, I wanted a more streamlined version of the way he looks
2: Now I know I'm not alone in this because people look at your artwork but at some point in the last year and a half or so you've gone from drawing rounded fingers to squared off fingers. True or false? True. True, yeah. Why? Why? Just like Frost Nixon. I know, (laughs) why? Admit it, why?
3: It's it's kind of just one of those things that just happens as your art evolves I dig it and I think I think it's the sort of thing that came from. It's, it's just the more of a, a simplified um, shorthand. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. Is what, I, I was <laughs> not going for the pun yeah. there, but
0: what you what you what you end up doing though is your work. I think has stronger form and definition. Yes. By having things squared off, you you square off the the waists a little more. Things yeah. seem more solid. Yeah, the faces, in general.
3: the faces corner off a lot more on the yeah. chin and the jaw, and uh, it's just it just kind of evolved that way because it's it if I think it's faster and easier to draw it, sure, more accurately
0: than what I had been doing up you know. Previous. I mean, look at the the DC animated universe, like all that stuff is squared off and tight and mm. locked in place. Yeah, it's got to be easier, faster,
2: sure, stronger.
0: Well,
3: I hope it looks better. It does. There's always going to be someone who says, "Oh, I like your old stuff better."
0: Well, speaking of the old stuff, I was looking through uh, Learning to Fly because I was looking at at the alternate G-Man. Uh huh. And there's a character in that of the little red-caped girl. Yeah. He's crazy looking. it's like purple, right? Yeah. Can't remember? Have you just like you don't want to touch that because it's too much? Like little red-haired girl? Or, or well, th- th- that's what I was going for yeah. with that. And then wait a minute, hold on, let me see if I'm getting this right. Oh God. You're saying the character, the little red-caped girl. Uh-huh. You were going for something like the little red-haired girl. Yes. And In the Peanuts. The I would have hat, never. If you will, I would have never put those two together. Well, thank God it. for this podcast, yeah. Jacob. First, this is folks. the hard-hitting questions. These are the hard-hitting questions.
1: Question: Where's Super Cardinal at?
3: Yeah, oh yeah, where's Super Cardinal? That's actually yeah, you know, Super Cardinal I <laughs> created at, when I was six years old. I
1: didn't ask. Where did he come from? I where's, where's he, he at? Is that? Yeah, where's he at?
3: <laughs> if you'd let me get to that, <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. People ask me a question. I'm I'm going somewhere. I start off, it you know, but you gotta get be patient with me and I'll eventually get to the answer. Are you satisfied? Smitty Chris Scenic DC, Route G. Russo.
0: When you were at DC, Smitty. Yes. What characters did you create when you were in sixth grade? Oh, <laughs> uh an excellent question <laughs> how much time
3: do we have we got all time in the world right, super good. cardinal will be back i'm not sure when
1: but he will be back what about
0: the little red cape girl gone never Man. again
1: uh, you never know what gi smiley
0: i think he'll be back is yes. that christmas tree still around
1: yes <laughs> good but
0: seriously what characters did you, what kind of characters were you creating in sixth grade Man, did I say sixth grade? I don't know. What did
3: you say? You said
2: super cardinal sixth grade.
0: Six yeah. years
3: old, right? Six years old is, is what I meant. I don't know if I said that. I think that. you
0: said six years old, and I have just decided sixth grade is what I'm, I'm watching from. Because that's
3: another six years. I would be 12.
0: Which I think 12 is what I often call the sweet spot. I consider 9 to 14 the sweet spot of reading comics. Sure. When you, As I've come to explain it, it is when you start reading and consuming comics like it's your job, even though it's not your job. Mm-hmm. Uh, So yeah In your sweet spot What were
2: you creating? Probably superhero stuff I don't remember Like I don't have a character Like that has stuck with me All this time But were they
0: like Derivative of Like who were you Who were you ripping off Because we're all Ripping off something right?
2: It was probably Everything was probably Like a hybrid G.I. Joe You know uh, Superhero thing
0: That's what I was doing All my G.I. Joes Were superheroes I was not big
2: into Transformers I liked Transformers For what they were But like I was I was definitely Firmly in the G.I. Joe
0: camp I was a Joe kid yeah. Chris was a Transformers kid. What were you, Jacob? Transformers. Look at that. Arm wrestling after this. Yeah.
3: yeah. See who wins. Like,
0: like in that episode of
3: Transformers versus G.I. Joe. When they the arm, arm, arm wrestled.
1: Transformers won. The
3: robots destroyed <laughs> them because they they're giant robots. huge. <laughs> With hydraulic you heard, super You guys strength. heard my
0: gag at Free Comic Book Day that weekend where I decided that if anybody ever asked me to draw a Transformer as a sketch, I'm going to draw them as the car.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something you would
0: say. So I don't have to draw the robot because those things are a pain?
2: Somebody asked me to draw the Master Chief from Halo okay. on Free Comic Day. And like a half hour later, I wasn't even done with the helmet. That thing is complicated. <laughs>
3: <That's>, yeah. <laughs> Every time someone asks for a video game, yeah. game it's like, all right. I guess I got the next six hours yeah. uh, taken care of.
0: Yet, I find it surprising that I've never gotten a, a sketch request for Samus from Metroid. Like, that's not a popular... Has any of you, have any of you ever gotten a request? For? I get a
2: lot of Mario stuff. No. I think I've gotten uh maybe I got a Link like last year like from from Zelda but never never Samus. Sonic is big. I never get Sonic either. Kids love Sonic. This but year I'm I got saying. Plants vs Zombies. Kids like couple kids came up to me with Plants vs Zombies drawings. But
0: I'm talking about people come up and want these drawings of of what was it? Halo. Yeah. John Halo from Halo. Yeah. John Halo from Halo. Yeah. Halo How, Jackson. From but Halo nobody too. ever asked for Samus <laughs> from Samus.
1: No. It's weird. I think I think she plays with an older crowd.
0: I
2: refuse to draw Samus, Samus from Samus because I passed up on buying the Metroid Prime Trilogy from a Walmart, <laughs> a Strike. Kmart in Greensboro two years ago. We went back this trip to see if it was still there because I was going to buy it and it was gone. Can you believe it? I know, really, two years. It was
3: only two years later.
2: I know, you two know years what? later, a highly sought-after collection of video games just sitting there
0: in plain view. You can always draw Samus as the little ball, and be like, "Here you go." That's how I roll. <laughs> exactly. I just pointed at my nose and then pointed at Samus. Yeah, that was good on the nose. Yes, yeah, perfect. Just saying, that should be a popular character. Was Samus? Yeah.
1: Yeah, a lot. He should
3: be. She. She's she, a lady. She, Wait,
0: I, I thought you were arguing, like, who asks for Samus? I'm saying, how come nobody asked for it? In the, the same way I asked, how come nobody asked for a drawing of Soda Popinski? Right. Like, I feel like these are popular characters. I, Am I, I wrong?
3: I think you are wrong.
0: No, Samus is a popular character. Okay, He's more popular yeah, than Soda Popinski.
3: Soda Popinski. Popinski was not popular at the height of punch-out <laughs> success. <laughs> what?
2: I don't know if you could accurately say that.
3: I accurately just did.
2: <laughs> Who was popular besides Mike Tyson? King Hippo. King Hippo. Sure. Don Flamenco. Yeah. Glassjaw Joe.
1: Yeah. Kid I
0: don't know if Glassjaw Joe the first one you fight. But his name is, I don't think he's the popular Everybody
1: knows Glassjaw Joe because he's the only one they Glass get up to. Joe. Yeah, Glass Joe. I'm sorry. In the NES.
2: I think he might have been Glassjaw Joe in the, uh, the arcade. Yeah, Poor, that's
1: Tyson the version I'm familiar with.
3: Arcade. Bald bowl. I think yeah. I think Greg's yeah. fishing, and I think what he Fished needs to Honda. hear is, "Yes, Greg, your sketch of Soda Popinski was <laughs> no, awesome." <laughs> that's not.
0: I was not fishing, and I don't even. I'm throwing that back. Throwing that fish what? back? Yeah, I'm throwing that fish back. Right. That's not what I was going for at all. Well, it was awesome. Well, thanks. Now I'll take it. Hold put on, up. I'm grabbing it back out of the water. Put it up. Uh, put it up in the the show notes. Right, you
3: I'll don't buy
2: buying a lot of these omnibuses. You sure are. Yeah. You love it. It occurs to me that. There's a no dig-
3: Soda Papinski omnibus?
2: No, there isn't. But a digital collection will never be as impressive as a physical collection.
3: You know, they destroyed all of Kirby's original art for Soda Papinski
2: when, d- when he designed it for uh, a yeah. backup character in Punjab yeah, the Barbarian? They destroyed all
3: of it. They didn't return any of it.
0: How different. An, look, it wouldn't surprise me if you had a guy named Soda Papinski with a uh, fancy Flash Man and all these other goofy things. Funky Flash funky. Man. Yeah, yeah, fancy Funky. Panama man. Fatty. Yeah, Panama fatty
2: from the losers. That's
0: right. Just saying soda popinski's in line. Think of it as like the guy that works at the soda shop. You win, Greg. I Kirby, always win. Kirby created soap. <laughs>
3: <laughs> soda popinski.
0: Look, one of his many creations. Actually,
3: the soda popinski was originally vodka drug, drunk druidians. Drunkinski.
2: Are you Drunkinski right now? <laughs>
3: I Can't say it. Maybe that's that's one of the reasons they changed it. Another is probably because it's like a kid's video game, and they don't want
0: to. You're saying in the cabinet version, he was vodka Drunkinski. Or are you yes. making that up? I'm not. He's making not it making, it up. making that up. No. no when they truth? when they
3: when they yes hashtag gravity. My brother has that arcade machine. All right. As we speak, he has it. He's probably
0: playing it right now. It's live. You're saying live? Yeah. He has it live. I bet he does. Does he have the one that had the screen? If he doesn't on have top? it
3: live. He definitely will in four days.
0: Does he have the one that had like the screen on top, so people watching the game, watching you play, could? I don't think so. There were a few. Games I know what that. you're talking about. Yeah. That was cool. Dragons Lair had that. Yep. Where you could be a spectator.
3: Well, again, not every single machine, but there were versions.
0: This is what I'm saying. I'm saying, does your brother have the one with the screen on? The answer is no. Still no. All right. Fine. What were we talking about? Does it so matter? Many was talking
1: about omnibuses. Yes. yes.
0: Oh, so you're saying a digital collection will never be as impressive as an omnibus?
2: As a physical representation of your collection, I yes. think
0: that kind of depends on how much you value a physical representation of your... I mean, I will very say very kind of the
1: main difference between digital...
0: Yeah. I'll say this. As somebody whose physical collection is gone...
2: Oh, R.I.P. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's right. The the value of it is is significantly less I'm to me. I would it's argue pour it's pour the same place it's always been. Pour You're up. just
3: not paying money for it anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. You mean out of out of sight? Yeah. It's been it's
3: been in storage for how many years? Let's it's let the listeners different. know.
0: Yeah, all my comics Backstory. were stolen from a storage unit in South Florida. So if one of you punks did it because I toys. said ceiling was cool. <laughs> my hammerhead action figure. My walrus man action figure. Yeah. Panda Baba. If that's his real name. Yak Face. I didn't have that.
3: Now, how many years were they in storage?
0: As long as I've been in New York, I guess so. So, 97? Yeah, 15 years. 98? Too many years. So, I would argue
3: they haven't really belonged to you for the last 15 years. No, they
0: belong to me. (laughs) i check in on
3: them. Yeah. That's how you, I knew they were missing. You
2: move them to higher ground in flood situations That's and hurricanes. Right. Yeah, That's man. love. That's
0: this hurricane country. Admittedly, I'm, I'm trying to get, like, philosophical here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. They were out of my sight, so yeah. they're still out of my sight. If someone steals a comic book in the woods, does it make them. a noise? I'm actually more upset about the toys than the comics, to be completely honest with you. Although there were some good comics in there. The point being that a physical representation of a collection doesn't really mean that much if... if uh,
1: if it's in storage in a different state, especially. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I don't want omnibuses. They're too they're too big.
2: No one's going to steal them. They're too big. They,
0: they, nobody's going to... They sold 20-plus b- long boxes.
2: That's crazy. It must have been in the dead of night.
0: I don't know when it was. It, <laughs> I
2: one of you there, punks did it. Yeah.
3: I just wonder who thinks that they can, like, turn that into money.
0: I don't know. You they're had some good d- stuff in there, man. I had some good stuff. Didn't My you like, brother, the first
2: appearance of the Vision or something?
0: I did have one of those, yeah. yeah. It wasn't in great condition, but I had one. My brother had stuff. My brother had Death of Gwen Stacy. Wow. He had uh, my? Namor number one. How about that, guys?
1: The John Byrne one? No, no, the the real one. Oh, the real one. Yeah. The real one.
0: <laughs> the one that counts. What
1: if, what if it was stolen by some 13-year-old Listen, kid, and he is just having the time of his life right now?
0: Listen, we all had Namor number one, the John Byrne one. That's a, cool, that's a cool book. It was all right. It was a little too... uh like running a business. Like he wasn't being yeah, Namor. financed he by a finding suit. treasure. He was wearing a suit There was but less they, treasure uh, hunting
1: and They put suit. that in an
2: omnibus I'll buy it Of course you will I know
0: And now your new obsession Are these uh, artists All
2: those are great I'm telling you Steven better not decide To sell drugs Because I'm done for <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's Steven Mayer He's a salesman Comics. Yeah So what you're saying is
3: If he started If he became a drug dealer You would have no choice None But to become a drug addict He's compelling <laughs> <laughs>
0: So what is your plan with all these om omnibu- I'm omnibu-
2: reading them, man.
0: Have you read all the ones you have?
2: Um, I read all through the Avengers one, the FF one, and the other ones I'm kind of picking on, picking my way through. Like, it's the old stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like stuff I can never afford to buy for real.
0: Do you think it's, it's comfortable reading those big books? I do. Where do you read them? You know, like I
2: have a, a lectern.
0: <laughs> Seriously? No, no,
2: no. I, I put them on my lap and then my legs fall asleep
0: too much man that's too much
1: that's, no it's like the just like getting comfy in a big chair yeah
0: it's too heavy sitting I can down, down for a spell yeah I a monocle with my iPad be comfortable yeah Greg, but weren't you the
1: one
3: bragging earlier about how much weight you lift now at the gym yeah bragging I think bragging. you can handle an omnibus well I
0: brag about that all the time that's like my thing yeah.
3: but
1: there is a certain yeah. pleasure my yeah, soda
0: yes. drawings
1: in a, the large pages you yeah. turn with your hand and you can pour over at your leisure mm. yes
0: mm.
2: They're beautiful books. They have the letters pages in there and everything.
0: You're reading all the oh, letters pages? Yes.
3: Yeah. When I think of a beautiful book, <laughs> the first <laughs> thing that springs to my mind is, h- look at how pristine those letters are. It's <laughs> just for the for the sake of posterity.
0: For everything is included. Posterity.
3: It's gorgeous. Look at this mm. fan mail. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever, do you ever write a letter to a comic book? Did I
2: ever? Yes. Or do, you, I do I ever? No, did you ever? I assume you're no longer doing it.
3: I have, and I'm... Happy to say that things I've written to creators were never saw print.
2: Oh, cannot be
3: hunted down.
0: Did you write the comics?
2: Sure, I wrote the GI Joe a lot.
0: A lot? Printed?
2: Yeah, I always wanted more shipwreck, <laughs> more <laughs> shipwreck.
0: You ever get one printed? No,
1: never. At least, no, no, I never did. Jacob, I never wrote into a comic book funny i had never written into a comic
0: book didn't you write into Vol? Oh, didn't
2: you write into voltron i entered TV? a voltron
1: art contest yeah okay. from the local uh actually from the canadian tv channel right did you win no he drew a. who's <laughs> laughing now this guy what? my thumb is pointing to me yeah did any of you guys ever do
0: a piece of art to send to wizard or hero illustrated no no I thought about it i th- i did drawings and never sent them hmm you ever do any of those because I was, doing good I
3: was always looking at that stuff and like, I could do that in my sleep. You know, I, I did, when I was an intern at Marvel, I did send something to Wizard that they printed. They did? Yeah, yeah. What was it? It was, uh...
2: What issue was it? I don't know. Who's on the cover? I don't know. Was it someone
1: with a Wizard hat? I don't know.
0: I think they abandoned that after <laughs> the first two years. Well, that would give us a, a
1: range of yeah, when yeah. it was
0: done. Well, he was an intern, so it would have been 97.
1: Okay. That's they great. were already done by then, I think. Huh? They were already done with the wizard caps.
0: So, anyway, what would you draw? What'd you send to wizard? What, what I sent them was, uh, it was just dumb.
3: Um, fess up. It, bro. Was, it was the thing versus the Hulk. I think, uh, I think the Hulk punches the thing, and then the thing bites the Hulk's ear off. And
2: oh, topical.
3: It was it was topical yes. in 97 because yes. Mike Tyson had just bitten off. Was this the first Evander mini marvel? marvel
1: yeah. Huh? <laughs> was this the first mini marvel?
3: No, cuz they were they weren't mini. Had had found that spoof. <laughs> so, wait, was say. this was this
2: one drawing or like a strip you sent them?
3: I I guess it was a two-panel strip. Or I think it was
0: I think it was three Are you like making this panels. up right now? Huh? Are you making this up no, right I'm now? I'm just trying to remember it. Okay. Chris is a great improviser. I can't, can't yeah. remember. anything this whole thing. Yeah.
3: And then there was the old comic strip I sent into Hero Illustrated, which was uh, um, Joe McEnroe. <laughs> Joe <laughs> McEnroe. Playing, playing tennis. It's not, it's not John. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it was John's brother, Joe.
2: <laughs> Joe McEnroe. Playing tennis
3: against Psylocke. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And she turns uh, Asian.
3: And then, uh, and then Psylocke <laughs> goes to...
2: <laughs> she turns Asian for no reason. Oh,
3: she goes to dry her hands off on like a prehistoric parrot's <laughs> feathers. And then, and then the, the parrot says, it's a living.
0: That was the gag on that That's one. That's pretty good. That's <laughs> pretty
3: good. That is good. That one never saw print.
2: I can't imagine why.
0: <laughs> so I I never wrote to a comic outside of... Fake letters that we had to fill letters pages with.
2: Oh, those were good, though. Yeah. Uh,
0: but then I sent an email Is to... Is that still
2: a big secret? Like, have you ever revealed that to anyone?
0: I mean, I've said that I've done it. I haven't used... I haven't said the name. Oh, okay. here first, folks. I keep, sometimes still use that name. Keep it mysterious. Yeah. yeah. That name I still use from time to time if I need to be anonymous. Right. Uh, it's a good name. Yes. Uh, but I ended up writing a letter, just a, like an email question to the guys doing that double barrel digital comic. Mm-hmm. They printed that In the digital comic How about them apples It's good I'm just saying Digital versus uh, Omnibus mm. <laughs> That double barrel's good stuff man That guy Kevin Cannon He's a heck of a cartoonist
2: When you download Like digital comics Yeah How long do you keep them
3: Forever Like you don't read it And then just delete it Sometimes I don't Get to reading Well the do stuff Do you ever Do you ever take the PDF Down can to ask,
0: Can I answer Smitty's question first Okay <laughs> <laughs> the stuff Maybe you when get you were at DC Comics, exactly. The stuff you get on—I on was just going to
3: ask—do you take the PDF down to your storage
0: unit in Florida and leave it there? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I burn every PDF on a CD and then I put it in storage. <laughs> no, you print out every PDF, staple it, and the CD, I slab it them both because you need a backup. Slab it. The stuff you buy through an app, whether it's Comixology or Dark Horse or whatever, yeah. You can delete those because they're in your account. You can always re them. them whenever you want. Yeah. yeah Comicsology s- is the same way, right? Yeah. yeah. But something like uh, The Private Eye, the, mm-hmm. the Brian Vaughn, Marcos Hollow Martin Notes. book. What's that? The comic by Hollow Oates. Yeah. The comic by Hollow Oates, as told to Brian K. Vaughn and Marcos Martin. Yes. Like that, I have the CBZ file, whatever it is, and I'll keep that for, like, I have no reason to get rid of it. All right. I'll take up that much space. But right. Take up less space than a physical comic book does. Sure. And then there's some stuff I have that I'll hold on to just because I may want to look at it one day. In the same way you hold on to your old comics. Yeah. It just it takes up a lot less. There are other comics I will I will h- get a copy of, read it, and then delete it. Yeah. It'll be gone. So if like, if
3: you wanted to steal Greg's comic collection now, you just you just go and break into a storage unit and just take a laptop.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just take the hard drive. You know, that's one trip. Yeah, it's so much easier to steal comics from me now. Do
2: you think that in some way it lessens the the the, the culture of like owning long boxes and like you know there, there are these things that you have in your life as opposed to like pointing to a hard drive. I have a. I now keep in mind I read digital comics yeah, yeah. and I buy physical comics. But well, what I, do you mean by I know the you. culture? I know what it you just mean. diminishes like what the, the impact hobby. of what you are. Yeah, it's like I'm a comic collector.
0: I, I will, I'll explain it like this. When I was, there was a period where Stephen Mayer at Acme Comics and I were writing a a column for their website. Yes. And in one of those I, I offered up this theory that I have that in the world of comics, everybody has a certain percentage of three aspects of a comic enthusiast, collector, whatever. So one of them is the collector person. And they're the ones that keep the individual issues and want them on paper and bag them and board them and with a physical object is as important as the contents of that object if not more so. Sure. And then there's the people that are interested in the stories and the characters to the point where they're more interested in Iron Man than they are maybe even in the Iron Man comic. So they're going to go see the movie and they're going to go buy the stuff in the in the So so somebody sure. that was buying X-Men comics or watching the X-Men cartoon when they were in junior high school and have never read an X Men comic, but are into the X Men. So when the X Men movies come out, they go to see those. Yeah. They're going to be more that percentage. And then there are the people that like the medium of comics as a storytelling method. And it doesn't matter if it's superheroes or, or whatever genre it is, the, the comic storytelling is what's most, the, the, what brings them into the game. Okay. So I tend, to, and, and everybody's different percentages of those things. I think I'm more that last thing. So the physical object is less important to me than the content of the story. So I'm interested in reading comics. If I don't, if I get them digitally, it takes up less room. Right. It's easy access, and when I'm done, it's out of my it's out of my sight. But I've read the comic, and I've I've taken in that content. Right. I like the smell of old comics, and if they're made like a spray bottle, that I'd I'd buy that. <laughs> Like the The glade scent. Like, yeah, if they old had like comics in of of old newsprint. That'd be great. Yeah, I mean the bound bookroom at Marvel. I used to love going in there just to take it all in.
1: Keep, r- like, keep rubbing that in. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but I think
3: I think the should we let the uh, listeners know what Jacob's? Uh,
0: oh, I've tried right. Jacob, <laughs> Jacob has no sense of smell. How dare you? Well, the smell of old comics is awesome.
1: Yeah, that's what I gathered. <laughs> it's on the
0: list. Of, it's on the list of great smells. Hey,
1: Jacob. What?
3: I disagree. So you're not missing a thing. You think it's stink? You're missing mildew. No, no, yeah. dust. Good ones.
1: Not the Poop. good ones. Stinky ink. Poop.
0: Anyway, to your to your question of the culture of comics, I think for some people that's a thing that they, they like the process. But I stopped bagging and boarding books when we started getting bundles at Marvel, and it was just too many books. And they just – that that value of them sort of faded for me.
2: Well, to, to finish up this digital distribution idea. Well,
0: well what I was saying was th- – you asked about the. Does it hurt the culture of, of the hobby? Area. Yes. Uh, maybe if that's something that's a major factor. The ownership, like the, the,
2: the pride of owning something that you have sought.
0: I, again, I think if that's. If in my matrix of comic book dumb.
2: That's pretty all encompassing, too. I will you,
0: s- you lean heavy towards the collecting side, where if the value of the physical object holds sway. Right then yes, there's going to be there's going to be something where you, you want to nurture and cultivate that as a as a thing. The 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 long boxes and the preserving of the comics and the bags and the boards and the pride of look at all these comics that are mine. Yeah. Uh you know, I have I have bookshelves here full of books. He does. And you know, there's a part of me it it's like, oh this is cool. This is it's almost like wearing a T shirt with a logo on it. Like this this represents me. Yeah. And it is weird to to be reading on a Kindle or an iPad, and nobody knows what you're reading. Mm. You know, because part of it, I like reading comics in public because, it's like, yeah, I'm reading a comic. What about it? Like, there's a, there's a pride in it. There's, you know, no shame in reading comics in public. It's harder to do that now digitally. Well,
2: and Jacob and I have had this discussion about video games because I have embraced digital downloading of video games. Like, I I prefer it almost at this point. But I think it's mostly because the interaction hasn't changed at all. Whether or not I'm popping a disc into a machine or I'm just turning it on. I'm It's still, the same exact experience. I have the same controller. I have the same visual. Like, everything is there. Comics is a little different. Music is, again, like, the, the experience is very similar. No matter what the format is, it's like I'm still listening to it. And that doesn't change much.
0: I think the difference is... is almost cosmetic with comics because the only difference is you're not physically turning a page and it the is screen is brighter I guess yeah,
2: colors also do also look modern
1: coloring does look great on the screen I mm. think it's just because of how modern colors color
0: yeah what I'm saying in terms of the activity of reading a comic on a tablet specifically not on a computer screen that is uncomfortable and unpleasant right but on a tablet on a device that you could put in your lap the same way you would a comic yeah uh, that's
3: you know before you said that Digitally, like you said, you like to read comics in public, and now it's not so easy now digitally. Well, it's less easy took to that do. thing with you everywhere you went.
0: Yeah, but when you're reading a comic digitally like that. Uh, nobody can see what you're reading. Right. They don't see the cover. They don't see... Um, you could be reading War and Peace. Unless they're standing over my shoulder, okay. which that That's happens. Just, and and that good. was speaking to
3: Minnie's question of whether or not that was like... Like, is that important to you that people know that you're
0: right a fan? Yeah, but I'm saying it... it the the difference is it, it really is almost purely cosmetic, where you're just not physically turning a page, but when you have it in your lap or you're laying on, on your on your stomach and reading it, it's the same. Yeah. Double page spreads are a little different, I guess. You have to pinch and zoom, but you know, I've started doing comics. If I know they're going to be digital, I try to avoid double page spreads because they don't read the same. Yeah.
3: I avoided double page spreads from the get go, knowing that. My materials probably going to be in trade form, and I didn't necessarily know when I started, like what size the trade format was going to necessarily be. I mean, it's six by nine right now, but the first book I put together was a smaller, as like a digest size. Mm-hmm. So I I just realized that the safest way to go was one page is one page.
2: Were you worried about information getting lost in the gutter when it was collected, or just like spreads not lining up properly?
3: I guess both. Both of those things oh. were a concern.
0: I mean, I've gone back into the pick stuff I'm working on. Mm-hmm. And have taken all the double page spreads and turned them into single splashes or two pages or something. Right. Just because inevitably, I think it'll read cleaner. And the double page spreads are nice, but they're not not—they're not an essential storytelling tool, really. Mm-hmm. They're neat. There's no question about it. But I guess I've re- retrained my thinking. Again, where it's more about the comic and less about the, the final product it appears in. Mm-hmm. That makes any sense? Is that no, making it, any sense? It does.
3: What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I also think that tablets are not going to be stuck at this small size that they are right now. I know, they keep
0: getting smaller.
3: Yes, but I think that in the long run there will be more options. I'm not saying everyone's gonna carry around an eleven by seventeen tablet. No, but that'll be an option.
1: 50 inch tablet. Yeah, I'm just and,
3: saying. Something. And and I think that tablet technology will become like the sort of thing you can just you roll it right up and shove it in your pocket like a like a
0: floppy. <laughs> That'd be great. You know, I wouldn't be against that. Yeah, nice job, everybody. Hey, we we did it. Woo! We're not done. No, what else you want to talk about? I have something Look, I have to say. Hold on. Chris has something he has to say. Okay,
3: I'm, uh, no, nah, I was just going to, I was nothing.
0: All right, then right. <laughs> let's wrap this thing up with uh, with final thoughts. We'll go from my left to my right. Jacob, what do you
1: got? Final, like anything? Anything. Look, I could have gone on for like another half hour about digital stuff, so I just kept quiet.
0: <laughs> like what? Give me five minutes of it. 30 um, seconds. I'm not, like this doesn't even seconds. apply to just
1: comics, but we're swiftly we're swiftly moving into a future where nobody owns anything and I'm kind of just against that in general. I understand
0: that 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 I, I I do understand that and I'm not But I'm that's not another podcast. That. It's another conversation, yeah. Next year. Next year. <laughs> For the
3: yearly wrap up. <laughs> Every time I move, I think it would be great to have all of my comics in a digital format only. But then but then if I'm not moving, I think like yeah, it's really nice to have, to have that this library. On.
1: Yeah,
0: sure. Smitty, final thoughts on anything?
2: Um uh thanks for having us. That's That's so oh, you, got,
0: yeah, it's a fantastic view,
2: you know, good one. for the thirtieth uh thirtieth episode of this show. Twenty ninth. Twenty-ninth? Thirtieth? The thirtieth
1: episode? Thirtieth anniversary. Almost thirty. Almost but you've 30. been
2: doing a you've been doing a great job. Did More people s- should listen to this because it's it's quite entertaining. Hey, thanks, buddy. You're quite welcome.
3: I think this was fun. I think we should do this sort of thing again. Yes. With the uh with the only uh suggested change would be to edit it heavily. Like, we do this in the future, but it's like, cut out all the stuff that's boring and it's bad. For example, like, 50% of this particular podcast. <laughs> what? You
0: think 50% of this is bad? No, I don't know. I'm just kidding.
3: I'm just busted. Look, shops. Was,
0: I'm not going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I will. No, you won't. I, I could think of
2: 50% you can cut off right now. <laughs>
3: But a
0: listener, listener Smitty was pointing, pointing at himself and twice. Greg. He was pointing yeah. at himself twice. Yeah. Smitty was pointing at, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know who he was pointing at, everybody. Yeah. All right, guys. I think. At uh, the record show, that,
1: Smitty's pants just fell off. Wee.
0: Oh, man. Things are getting crazy <laughs> here. It's hot in here. Is it? <laughs> yeah, I'm sweating. Oh, that's why you dropped your pants. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Hey, guys. Thanks for coming by. No thanks problem. for having us, man. Thanks for Ho- dinner. Hopefully people will enjoy listening to this as opposed to the standard fair one-on-one heavy-duty stuff I think we, we ran the full gamut there we might have I'm yeah. gonna listen to it again make sure it sounds
3: reasonable cut out sure. all the heavy-duty stuff yeah. I think you're gonna find parts that you think are gonna be best left
0: cut out like that sentence well, but will I <laughs> cut them out
3: <laughs> yes of course yeah. we will
0: we'll see thanks no, fellas we
3: we're not listening to this nobody's listening to this
0: All right, there you go. That was that was the first ever live "quote unquote" episode. I'd like to know what you thought of that. I thought it was pretty good. M- minimal editing, in case you're curious. Very, very, maybe be a minute, two minutes total. Just a, you know, a dog barking in the background that I couldn't I couldn't isolate and get rid of. Things like that. Nothing uh, categorically important. So here's something cool. So I mentioned in the show that there was a conversation I had had with Chris about G-Man Chapter 1. It turns out it was Chapter 2, and I do have that recording. That's a little bit more edited because there was a lot of extraneous digressions and stuff. But I think it's an interesting conversation. I think I think it's worth putting here instead of on the website. So enjoy that, and then there's going to be the extra information about the show and and that'll be it. And then we'll see. Uh, yeah, that's it. So my, I'll say I'll say my final thing now, even though this isn't the last thing you'll hear. And and then it'll it'll bleed into the next bit. So that's about all the stuff I have left to say. I'll see you next time. I just got your email with the new PDF. I have not. Uh, you haven't it. read it yet? No. I know it's <laughs> terrible. You think I would have, but I didn't. Blew it. How is it? It's good.
4: What? The issue? Yeah. I'm um, I'm satisfied with it. I'm not I'm not so much concerned as I was about like the Talking Heads and everything. All right. I mean, there, it it still is pretty heavy on the Talking Heads, but I feel like there's enough story wise and it's enough mixed up that it shouldn't be too boring. And I have start off with a pretty extensive action sequence.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Without reading it, I'm just going to flip through it. What are you doing? I like that panel 2, that's nice just the floating figures. Nice big fist on page 2 panel 1. That's yeah, serious. Now I got to
4: open this and read along.
0: <laughs> that's a serious foreground fist. I almost feel like it should have a a smitty outline on it. Well, it's a
4: heavier outline than regular. Like, again, the Smitty outline works when Smitty does it. Yeah. It never works when I try it. Right. And I'm going to go heavy on the color with it, too. I figured
0: you would. It's a, it needs a Smitty. Even slash. without the heavy
4: color, it's going to be red
0: on top of blue. So it's. It'll pop. It should work. All right. Then we get. Could have gone a, cool, a little thicker
4: in those lines, I guess.
0: That's a cool five panel page on page three. You don't often see the bottom bottom bar look at that hand look at look at chris trying to draw a greg shegel hand where which page three panel
4: four when he's throwing them yeah i would i, I gotta i gotta admit that uh well i do i do like your the way you do the hand where with, you know at the, the, the standard wrist. superman flying
0: yeah that
4: yeah that's that that's not really what i had in mind here i was just like i was going like This is the gesture for throwing something, so. It's not quite the same. It's not. All right. that thumb, the thumb sticking out.
0: That makes it not Greg. No, but I've drawn hands like that where the thumb sticks out. You're you're incredible with hands. Hey, whatever. I'll never dispute that. Hey, whatever. Anyway, if you're
4: comparing my hands to yours, then I'll take that as a compliment.
0: I believe my exact phrase was, look at you. Trying to draw a Greg Shegel hand.
4: Yeah, if you're if you're saying that my hand drawing is similar to yours in any way, I'm not sure that's what you're saying. But if you are, <laughs> then I'll take that as a compliment.
0: Then we got he's doing a, a grip on him. All right, he's got him. He's got him gripped. Okay. Yeah, for a second there, I was like, "G man's looking super wide," but it's not that. There is a funky tangent happening. On page four, panel one, where G-Man's arm, and the Sun Trooper's body and the cape all hit that corner. Yeah, it almost looks like G-Man is is like crouching, but his head is weird. But I think in color it'll it'll read.
1: I'll oh, give
0: it to you. It'll read in color. Nice. Uses them, throws them, hits the other guy. Teamwork. Womp. Checking out his hands. Crunch, 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 crunch. That's cool. Sun Trooper is getting some message. I'm not reading, obviously. I'm zipping. Right.
4: right.
0: Everybody else just standing around. <laughs> Freaking Dino Stamatopoulos with his uh, arm in a sling. No, that's just his toga. Talking. Did you call him Dino Stanilopoulos? Stamatopoulos, yeah. <laughs> Look at that pizza. Nice. That's a nice looking kitchen. I like that oven. Wood burning oven. Yeah. This plaque hose is the best I've ever tasted. Some gags. (laughs) That goat with wings. a ram. I know, but it's funny looking. Is he puking up stars? Gross.
4: That's called giving up the ghost.
0: (laughs) That is gross.
4: (laughs) See the X on his eye there?
0: Yes. Oh, he's dead. I see. That's a cool sort of like... Because then it turns into the mountain, and then he's stuck to it. Look at that. So autistic.
4: I, th- I thought you might appreciate that panel.
0: Yeah, that's nice. And, uh they're all sitting around eating pizza. That's a cool effect on a great man's surprised eyes going into his hair. Thanks. Uh, you didn't fill in the black on... Or is that part of his... Helmet, Kid Thunder. Is it always like that? Where? Panel one, two, three, four. panel five. That middle panel. Is there always a space above his eyes like that, before the lightning bolt? Yeah. Huh.
4: <laughs> oh. And when man. I when I originally designed it, I wanted something that would look inherently mean. Got it. So it's like a just like a, a weird like a brow. symbol thing that looks like a frown, anger.
0: Yeah, yeah. Brow situation. Yeah. All right, then we got a word balloon with art in it, which is cool. I like that panel with the the silhouettes. That's neat. Thanks. Watching him eat his pizza.
4: I I like the silhouette panel because I was like, this is totally a shorthand, but it it totally works exactly like it does exactly what I needed it to do.
0: Sure. I think it works.
4: So I don't feel I didn't feel too much like I was cheating.
0: I don't think so. No, it's a design thing. It it frames uh, Dino Stamatopoulos. Yes, <laughs> yes. Still talking. I'd say there's a, so far, there's enough acting on the pages and enough things breaking up the rhythm that it doesn't feel like it's all talking, at least visually. For
4: the first panel of page 11, I think, was like very key. Because like, initially, it was just going to be Great Man and G-Man's heads in there. Yeah, And yeah, I was like, no, back. I need to pull out. I need to pull out.
0: Reestablished the that the the, the, yeah. the staging. Yeah. Alright. And great man's doing a lot of big gesturing. <laughs> he just walks off with that gesture. <laughs> That's good. Uh, and, th-
4: and that was that was fully because I needed them to be in a different room.
0: <laughs> so I was like,
4: all right, he'll just like walk off.
0: <laughs> and uh let's see. Boom, they watch the show. That's a nice living room. Cushy. Nice. Tree just, just a potted plant. Look at Sun Trooper floating there like a. <laughs> I don't that's no, that's called getting into the couch in style. <laughs> it sure is. All right, then the show starts. We're on a black background. Just be a matter of time before Brian Letender sues you for using his name and likeness. That's right. And there's a panel at the bottom. All right, so that's, is that Jermaine? Panel yes. One? All right, so that's Steven and Carly. Um, uh, trying to figure out who the guy with the do-rag is.
4: That, that's, that's just a made-up guy, but he was, he was in the Cape Crisis.
0: Okay, you got Branwen in panel three. Who's the guy with the beard and the glasses?
4: That's supposed to be Adam.
0: Okay, there you go. That's <laughs> Jermaine is uh pretty good. Thanks. I think the, the hat, obviously the hat, but the vest and tie yeah. really uh, sell it. Look at that, white on black. Okay, when you're doing the white lettering on black, you're just doing that, you're reversing it in Photoshop, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Looks good. Thanks. All right, there's Trey and his wife. Hmm. Who's this, Uh, who's Sheila Jones? Nobody. <laughs> okay. Made up Louis name. Ross. It feels weird to just make up a name. It works. Is Louie Ross anybody? No. Nah. Is it Louie or Lewis?
4: I, I meant it to be Lewis. Uh, Is yeah. that, did I spell it wrong?
0: No. No. It doesn't matter.
4: matter.
0: Yeah, I don't think it matters. I think the way you're breaking up these pages and the way the panels aren't just blocks all helps. Look at this smiley face, dude. <laughs> That's happy hero. <laughs> That's
4: <laughs> Created him in uh, seventh grade.
0: That's awesome. g that man clones. Great man clones. Great man clones. Then we got a lady. Then we got a dude. Then we got Obama. That's not what? <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's
0: not, That's not Obama. A, just because he's a
3: black
4: guy doesn't make him Obama.
0: It's Giancarlo Esposito. Look him up on the internet. That second guy could be John Byrne, for all I know. That's actually
4: my... uh track coach.
0: There you go. Your track coach was John Byrne. No, my
4: track coach would uh, (laughs) body slam John Byrne through a brick wall.
0: (laughs) And then uh, boom, boom, news. Sun Troopers maxing on that couch. Back to the living room. Let's fly out the window. Oh, snap. That is serious. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow he wow. That's all right. Awesome. That's good. Good uh Billy Demon flying pose. I like that 10 man's got that broom now. Thanks. Nice job. I gotta read it. Now I gotta read it. And I will. Just not right now. All Stuff Said episodes, applicable links to the guests, and bonus materials can be found at StuffSaidShow.com, where you can also comment on episodes. You can email the show at StuffSaid at gmail.com, and you can follow Stuff Said on Twitter at Stuff Said Show. Episodes are available on iTunes, where I encourage you to subscribe, rate the show, and leave reviews to help others discover it. Stuff Said is part of the Acme Wave Projector Network at AcmeWaveProjector.com. The theme song for Stuff Said was composed and performed by Craig Chin. You can find him at RudeAnagrams.com. For more about me, Greg Schiegl, visit Hatter Entertainment. That's H-A-T-T-E-R Entertainment, all one word. dot com. La, 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 la.